We're here at the line where people are doing it uh, the old-fashioned way. They're just filling out bubbles here. I want to turn some of these people around and ask you guys, sir, can I ask you what your lucky numbers are? Uh, I'm going to pick 14, 24, 2, 7, and 15. Uh, those are your lucky numbers. Can I tell you what, do you know your chances of winning? Slim to none. Slim to none, you're right. Let me tell you, it's one out of 292 million. What do you think about that? I knew it. You knew it. <laughs> your, your numbers are lucky, though, am I right? I hope so. I hope so. Can I ask you, if you won all the money, what would you do with it? Bunch of hookers and cocaine. Oh, okay, that's not good. <laughs> we were hoping for a different answer. That's probably not the answer that we're looking for. All right. $500 million can make a huge difference in someone's life. Ophelia, thank you. It's a live TV grand. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary, brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening, and welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, E. Simon. And I'm your other host, Harrison. Harrison, it's good to see you. Where, where, where have you been? I've been trying to get a hold of you all week, because oh. I did not want to have to record today. I wanted to record right. earlier in the week, but you were like... Out of communication. Where, where haven't I been? Yeah, what, what, what I, have you been? What's been going on? I, uh, I was, uh, I was after the New Year's. I was a bit distraught because of a, uh, a particular situation with uh, with an ex that uh, made me a little uh, nihilistic, and I went on a bit of a, a, a bit of a bender, a little bit of a bingey. You, you do have a situation. self-destructive bent. It happens know. sometimes. Yes. Yeah. There, there are some people when they when life deals them a cruel hand, they get like a. You know, a tub of Hagen does or something. You know, and they and you know, they, and they watch Golden Girls, where it's like you get like a tub of what heroin? I don't know, <laughs> and uh, cry and, and do self destructive things. So I imagine what you were on like a bender or something. I mean, it did involve B. Arthur's gravesite a little bit. So you know, there's there's that. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I went on a bit of a bender. Let's just let's just let's just say a binge, a bender. You know. So what, when you're on a bender, like yeah. what, what is it? Are you just like out of your mind for five days? Like, do you not go to work? Do you just what? What happens to you? It depends. I mean, normally I can I can keep shit together. Normally it's like a you know a weekend of you know debauchery. This kind of spilled over into the week. Okay, so it started over the weekend, spilled into the week. This actually went beyond the point where beyond the pale. Let's say maybe beyond the pale. Maybe beyond not quite pale. beyond the pale. Maybe just at the pale. You stop at the pale and then that's where it is. So did it did it help you uh uh I guess was it cathartic? Like did you solve your problem? I solved here? nothing. I lost no. my fucking mind. I okay. lost my goddamn mind. I, I was at it's like you find yourself at the the you know the the McDonald's on Sunset Boulevard, going you did the drive through at six in the morning and and then you walk back in because they didn't give you any milk and there's like fucking Brian Wilson harmonies playing in your head and you're like you didn't give me any milk Jack and that's I need Richard Nixon's town ah! and then like wow it was like I stepped out and I saw myself and I'm like. Now I'm Napoleon in rags. Yeah, I, I used to, to be say. so amused by him, but now it's me and the, you know, now it's the guy. So I was like, oh, damn. You yeah, know? you crossed over. You got to the point, like it's been a while since I've been there, but you got to that point where you're like, <laughs> 
this is it, I guess. You, you did it this time, bro. I like, thought it was like, yeah, you know, no, it's going to be yeah. like this from now on. Like, I'm going to be, you know, I've lost my mind. I, I divorced myself from reality, and this is just how it's going to be. Let me go get my dirty bathrobe. You yeah, know? And people were whispering dark prophecies in my ear, and uh, but they weren't. So, so just, what, what, what did you get at McDonald's that involves milk? Uh, coffee. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you just didn't get cream for your they coffee. Didn't, yeah, they didn't give it to me. All right. So I went back in, but it was like, I couldn't even put a thought together. You couldn't even articulate the milk. And I, I spent the last, like, the last two days, I basically spent sleeping. Um, That's a good idea. And my mind is like, my brain has started repairing itself, but I'm... Still not at a hundred percent. Well, you're relatively coherent tonight, yeah, I'm, so, I'm so that's coherent. good. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, you know, mm. I was trying to get a hold of you because I didn't. I didn't want to. <laughs> I purposely did not want to record yes. on Sunday because I knew I was going to go to the Lemmy Memorial at the Rainbow on Saturday, mm. and I was going to be, you know, just feeling like ass today. I'm. I'm so hungover. I've been hungover all day. I didn't get out of bed till two thirty. Mm. Yeah. So um, people probably, you know, people if you read Facebook or if you know anything about music. Uh, you obviously know that Lemmy died, and uh, the Rainbow Room, which is uh, the Rainbow Barn Grill, which is on uh, Sunset over in the um, West Hollywood, on the Sunset Strip, that was Lemmy's favorite bar. Like, Lemmy hung out there all the time and uh, played video poker or whatever. So they did this big tribute. Uh, they, they had uh, this funeral was actually live-streamed. I don't know if you saw any of that. But it was live-streamed. Is at Forest Lawn, and yeah, like Rob Halford spoke. Ozzy was there. Lars Ulrich, who kind of looks like a homeless guy now. Hmm. Um, David Gruel told anecdotes. Um, his son, uh, Lemmy's son, uh, eulogized him. I'm trying to think who else was there. There were quite a few people. Um, but like, yeah, like Ozzy was in the crowd. All of um, you know, all the the famous rockers. So that was from I think that was from three to five. That was live streamed, and then from five to nine, the rainbow shut down to the public and had a private memorial. So I showed up around nine um, with a couple of friends of mine, and it, dude, it was chaos. It was madness out there. The whole strip was madness. There were like there were Hessians everywhere. Hmm. There were women in their fifties, you know, wearing fishnets. Not attractive. Um, I, th- I think I saw Mick Mars walking around. I saw Scott Ian from Anthrax. Oh sure, yeah. Uh, there, I saw Dave Lombardo too from Slayer. Apparently, there was a Metal Legions, which is some tribute band with uh, consisting of members of Testament, like Slipknot and Slayer, um, and Anthrax. We're all doing like Motorhead songs at the Whiskey, mm. and the Roxy was doing something. So we end up going to the Rainbow, and so for all the commoners, there's just a line of like 500 people, like 500 Hessians, just in line, wrapped all the way around the block to get in there. So we waited for about an hour, maybe. And it was kind of funny. I mean, uh, people were throwing beers. Like, someone would go get, like, a 12-pack and just toss all the beers out to the crowd. Mm. Uh, a couple fights. But for the most part, people are jovial. You know, in good moods, good spirits. Uh, a lot of people screaming, Lemmy, you know. I think you could just tell Lemmy. That's the one thing about Motorhead. They did not have a very attractive fan base. Like, you know, if uh, I bet you if the guy from Maroon 5 died, whatever his name is, you know, there'd be a lot of attractive women crying, you know, and being upset, sure. putting roses or lipstick on his grave or whatever. Lemmy just didn't have an attractive fan base, but he had a devoted fan base. Like, people that definitely loved him. So we waited for about an hour, and then finally, like, Rainbow's bouncers were coming out, like, you're never going to get inside, line's too long. So we were like, fuck it, and we left, and we went to the Roxy, snuck out the back exit, and then went into the back way through the Rainbow, and we got in. 
Well, aren't you clever, Dan's? Yeah, we didn't even have to pay the cover charge. And yeah, it was it was a ruckus thing. They had like uh, the they were playing Motorhead like on all three levels. Um, saw Ron Jeremy in there as usual. Yeah, yeah, and then just a bunch of like just. I mean, they had like a full Motorhead tribute. There was like a big. They painted the whole wall as like a big Lemmy uh, uh, Lemmy mural. Uh, they had like these floral arrangements that were supposed to look like a line of speed on the ground, which is kind of cool. Um. But yeah, what, what are you doing over there? <sighs> my e-cigarette was about to catch fire in my pocket. Does that happen? Yeah, it almost happened on the plane. I almost destroyed a plane. Wait, wait. Those things can catch fire? <laughs> I don't know where it was like. It, it, it would, The button was on by accident. It was like, it gets so hot that no, but I mean, it do, feels do like they, it, my pants are about to... They will to... combust. Like it will burn? Like it will burn you? I mean, I, I don't know. I've never got to that point. It certainly seems hot enough to get to that point where it feels like my... People, you, you just missed this. So while I'm talking here, tell my Lemmy anecdote. I see Harrison just flipping out, like fumbling in his pocket, just like flip. I was like, "What? What's going on here?" Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know what happened there. Yeah, I mean, I don't want my pubic hair to catch on fire. Well, that was close. Thing. It yeah, was, that came was close. very close. It came. Oh my close god. Close call. Uh, but yeah, it, it was a fun time. But uh, we ended up like people are doing. People are doing coke just right at their tables. I mean, it was just a. It was a yeah, a very debaucherous. Probably, affair. probably for the best. I was hibernating in my coffin during all of this. So. Yeah, I couldn't even imagine the type mm. of skank you would have hooked up with mm. at the rainbow. Uh, people also call it the shambo uh, for reasons you can imagine. I've never heard it called that. The shambo. The sh- yeah, I've heard people say it, the shambo. Yeah, we were there kind of late. We got pretty pretty drunk and then, um, yeah, ended up coming home. And believe it or not, like all the coke that I was doing, I was still able to have sex. Hmm. Which is weird. Well, no, there's, there's, like, there's like a graph. I don't think anybody's ever made this graph, but there's a graph when you're doing coke where there's a certain amount, like you do a little bit, it's not going to help you sexually. There's a certain, there's like a, there's a sweet spot like a, you well, can get to. There's a cutoff point though. Yeah, there's a sweet spot you can get to where it's like you can have, not only can you have sex, but you will have the best sex you've ever had in your life. And then you do a little more and then it's like, boom, all downhill from there, nothing's happening. Yeah, there, there's definitely some kind of like sloping curve you, you go on. Like you start out in the beginning, yeah, it wakes you up, it's fine. But then I think it gets to that point where your dick's just not going to work. Yes. Like once you've done that many, I don't know how many rails it takes to the point where your dick is inoperable. But yeah, it's it's it's, it's just not functional. Why don't anymore. they do a study on this? This is the kind of information I can use. I think it also know. varies depending on the uh, the quality of the cocaine. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Because I think the the cocaine that uh, you know here lately that has has been <laughs> uh, you know ha- happening. I think it's. I think they're actually cutting it with sadness. You think so? Yeah, just, I think that's actually what they're using to cut it. Just and so that's why you get so depressed when you're on it. I think so. Yeah, yeah. because it doesn't do anything except make you have diarrhea. Pretty much. That's yeah. pretty much it. Um, I, you know, I don't do coke all that often, so it, it's been a while since I've I've actually dealt with that. Like, is my dick going to work, or is my dick not going to work? And am I just going to have to be like, well, you know, I have coke dick, and then you kind of tell the girl, and then she's like. You know, in a consoling tone, like, I know how it is. That, that's what happens. Luckily, that didn't happen last night, but I was kind of expecting it. Hmm. I was surprised. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm attracted to 50-year-old women that wear uh, fishnets. Remember that, remember that scene in Starship Troopers where he's in the water and he's getting his, like, leg repaired by those little, like, it's like a, 
it's like a digital needle and thread thing that's actually like threading vaguely, flesh over vaguely. his. That's yeah. what's happening in my brain right now as it's being repaired. <laughs> I can feel it happening. I can see it happening. It's rebuilding. It's yourself. rebuilding. I can kind of hear it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like if I if I listen really closely, I can kind of hear the, uh, the the synapses firing. It's amazing. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Harrison, did you um, did you buy a lottery ticket? I didn't. You didn't? No. You're probably one of the only Americans that don't live in the 44 states where they do the Powerball that did not buy a lottery ticket. Did you be. not know or do you, are you against the lottery? To be honest, I didn't know until you mentioned it earlier tonight. I how, how did you not? How did you I don't not have a TV. I don't have a TV. I've been sleeping for like two days like fucking Dracula. You know, this is, you know. Yeah, I there's guess a whole list of reasons. There's news. a whole goddamn list of reasons. Dude. It's, I mean, if you if you look, if you go to any website, you look it up. It's like, oh, the Powerball, the Powerball. It's but like, here, here's the thing: they're like, oh, the Powerball. It's up to 1.3 billion. But yeah. like, what is that? How is that different from some fucking schmuck? You know, some asshole. If they if they win 1.2 billion dollars instead of 400 million dollars, what is the goddamn difference? Well, they can They're like, well, if I only won $400 million, then I wouldn't have been able to buy back my shares and my controlling shares and Hewlett Packard. Like, what the fuck? It doesn't, it's some fucking hillbilly. Who gives a fuck? Honestly. I think it's just the frenzy. I think, I think people just, I mean, you look at it, you also consider it this way. If it's $400 million, your odds of winning are higher than if it's, you know, 1.3 billion. Right. Like people are saying right now, it's like, I think you have one in 292 million chances they you know a chance of winning the lottery you're 25 times more likely to become president you know you're uh, more likely to get killed by a vending machine than well, winning the lottery but at the same time they say that but there's always some asshole who wins the fucking lottery you know what i mean and they always live in like some state like mississippi or something yeah. you know it's, it's never some guy in los angeles no it you know but no. yeah rarely but yeah no everyone's like it's everyone's completely freaking out it's like there's a frenzy right now. Like I went down to Pink Elephant to go buy a lottery ticket yesterday and there's like 30 people in line. 30 people in line. And like some lady in the front was just giving the guy a hard time, the Indian guy that works there and was just asking him like, what you got over there? Let me see that. Is that Jameson? I don't want that. You got, how much is that? It's like there's a line of 20 people behind her and she's just like, nah, how much is that? And the guy's like, Four fifty, and she's like, "I only got four forty-five. Can 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 you give me a nickel?" And the guy's like, "Well, you know," it, it, she's sitting here haggling with this guy for a bottle of like I don't know, like a, a half pint of Jameson or something. And we're all standing in line. And then finally, the guy looks through the thing, gives her five pennies, and she buys it. And then she turns around, and she goes, "Thank you, everybody, for being patient." <laughs> and I was just looking at her like, "What the, the chutzpah, this lady?" You know? Well, I mean, what's weird that happened to me is I'm walking on my way here. I was walking past a store near my house and saw this guy coming out of the store with like a stack of like Powerball tickets. Yeah, that he, he probably just, a ton of yeah. them. And I was like, oh shit, Boy, that's a lot of Powerball tickets too. He's like, I know, you wish me luck. <laughs> and I'm like, hey man, do you have a cigarette? And he's like, so he's reaching his pocket and then I caved his skull in with a claw hammer. Man, took and all the tickets? Took all the tickets for myself. Yeah, that's probably yeah. a good idea. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you know, people are spending, I've, I've read that people are spending $5,000 on tickets. I mean, I only play the lottery when it's like a ridiculous sum of money. It's like 300, like $380 million. Sure. I'll buy a Powerball ticket for that, but I don't have numbers. Like some people have numbers. Yeah, I mean, they always play every week. If you're going to buy 5,000, take the $5,000, invest it in the S&P 500 
and fucking go home. You know, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, at least there, Come you, on. But, you know, you're going to get a bit of you a get an eight percent. Yeah, you get an eight percent return guaranteed. There you go. But no, people people freak out about it. So this time around, it was uh, something like nine hundred million dollars, like as of Saturday. But no one won, so now it's rolled over. So now it's one point three billion. But I went in. I, I think I get five or five or six bucks at the office once, and there's like twenty office people or fifteen office people that that got a bunch of tickets. Um, and then I bought a couple myself. We got one number between like the thirty tickets that we bought. One number. You know, you're not going to win this thing. You know. But anyway, you you get excited. I think part of the reason I do it is just because it's kind of like it's kind of fun to fantasize about it. Like, what would you do with that money? Like, what would you do? Um, I think I'd buy the O Network, Oprah's TV network, and rebrand it. Rebrand it what? Would you still call it O? I'd still call it O. Would you call it H for Harrison? No, I'd still call it O. O. But it'd be like, oh shit. <laughs> She's going to get fucked. So, but just a bunch of videos of dudes getting kicked in the balls. Yeah. You know, that'd be sa- fun. Sasquatch footage, everything. Yeah, that'd be fun. Everything you want to see. Yeah, you know, but you think about it. You're like, you conjecture, like, what would I do with all this money? Would you take the lump sum or would you take the payments? I don't think. I mean, it's, I don't know if I would be trusted with a lump sum. I think lump it'd be sum. better. I need like, you know what I mean? I need somebody watching over for me, for me like some kind of daddy government figure sort of doling it out. They say the uh, lump sum for $1.3 billion would be like $500 million after taxes. So you just get, here's $500 million. Like, there you go. Do what you want. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know what I would do. It, you know, people always say it's like, you know, it's the American dream. You win the lottery. The American dream. Everybody wants this. But people say it can be the American nightmare. So now there's all these articles, like, with these cautionary tales of people who have won the lottery, but then just, like, would be set with misfortune. Right. Um, some of these you might actually remember. Uh, this guy. I think, actually, Harrison, I bet you you would be one of these guys. Like, you'd win the lottery. you get $300 million. And you would just blow it and end up in like, you know, some like uh, terry cloth robe outside the McDonald's, muttering <laughs> to yourself, you know, trying to sing Beach Boys songs, but you can't even remember the lyrics. It's very possible. They're like, you know, it's sad because he used to do a podcast and he hit the lottery at $300 million, just blew it all in six months. Like how? I don't know. He just did it. Uh, but these guys, so here's, here's one guy. You might, have, you might have heard of this guy. Michael Linsky. He won the lottery in the summer of 1991. Michael Linsky purchased a mass millions lottery ticket from the South Boston Liquor Mart. He found out a few few uh, days later that he hit the numbers. Um, so because no one no one else won, he won approximately 14 million dollars. There you go, score. Hmm. His life is going to change completely. Well, Nothing as it turns out, that. turns out there's one little problem. The liquor store was owned by a mobster named Whitey Bulger. Ah. There's a, that's a snare. That's a problem here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the, the, the Whitey... So, so Michael Linsky claimed the money, said he won. And then since Bulger found out that somebody won $14 million from one of his own liquor stores, he paid the guy a visit. Turned out no one really said what happened at the meeting, but Linsky came forward and said, hey, you know, misunderstanding. I wasn't the sole winner. Me and my buddy Whitey bought the ticket together with two of his friends. And so, I mean, good friends of mine. And so now we all split the money. Turns out uh, um, Whitey Bulger let him keep about $700,000. 
The nice. rest of the money went to Whitey and his buddies. That's nice of him, though. Yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, could have just, you know. Yeah, we yeah. could have just killed him. Mm-hmm. You know, what else are you going to do? Um, people always say, like, uh, the, the clip that we played in the beginning of the show where the guy's like, you know, let's put it on cocaine and hookers. I would definitely do that. You know, I would definitely do. There'd be a considerable amount of that. Yeah. Um, in, like, exotic locations. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of people have blown all their money. You know, blowing like, you know, millions of dollars on drugs and hookers. So one of my favorite guys, you might have heard, do you hear about this guy, the Lotto Lout? No. Uh, Michael Carroll, the self-styled king of the chavs. Like he was, he was in all the tabloids in England for a while. This dude, this guy hit a $9.7 million jackpot. Now and- a chav is like a, like a saucy young woman from, from say, um, I don't know, Cardiff that is uh right sort of, well sort violent of. and 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 a, a bit sassy i, I actually don't know i yeah, I've, I've never been kind of clear on that no no that so chav it's mm. an acronym for council home council mm. home something something mm. um but yeah they're like not really white trash they're ghetto trash and but it's they, a woman right is no it a woman? women or men oh women you know, or men. yeah yeah okay, it could be right. chavs but right. chavs usually date other chavs mm. And they even have their own kind of uh, idiom too. I mean, they have their own language that they speak. They communicate okay. with. But yeah, they're what kind a of series of, of clicks and words. Like, well, you know, it's kind of like uh, I, I learned this just recently when I was in uh, England. Um, there's the Neds, the uh, non-educated delinquents are in Scotland, uh, the Pikies, and the uh, I forget the ones in Ireland. Blanking on it. The Chavs are the English ones. So it's like all the white trash has their own uh, their own uh, denomination. You know. Um, so anyway, the king of the chavs turned up to collect his 9.7 million pounds while wearing an electronic offenders tag. Hmm. He was wearing his tag. He showed up after winning. He used his money on drugs, gambling, and thousands of prostitutes only to end up back on the dole after eight years of living the lotto life. So he was on unemployment, won 9.7 million pounds, eight years later, back on unemployment. I think, I think I'd be worried that. I'd be kidnapped and tortured by prostitutes. You know what I mean? That would be a concern of mine. Well, you know uh, that that has happened to some people. I would imagine. Would, would, so. I mean, would you just be worried that a prostitute's just going to take advantage of you, or just like well, steal your money? Just wait a minute. This is the lottery guy. You know what I mean? Let's chain him to a radiator and just cut into him until he tells us his fucking account number. You know? This guy, Abraham Shakespeare, no relation, uh, won the thirty-one. And not in the fun way. <laughs> won the thirty-one million dollar jackpot in Florida in two thousand six. Uh, he disappeared in two thousand nine, having spent most of his fortune. His body was found in early two thousand ten under a concrete slab. Hmm. A woman, former prostitute who befriended him, fleeced him for one point eight million dollars. She's been charged in connection with his murder. Um, I think it's a, it's a similar situation, you know. You, you befriend these people, you start hanging out with people. Next thing you know, they know who you are. Oh, yeah. You know, they have ulterior motives. Here's this woman, uh, Victoria Zell. She won an $11 million Powerball jackpot with her husband, only to end up in Minnesota prison after being convicted of a drug and alcohol-induced collision that killed one and paralyzed another. So, I'm reading some of these stories. It seems like a lot of these people end up in prison. Well, you know, I mean, for every one of these cautionary tales of someone who ends up murdered or, or fleeced by somebody else or gets mm-hmm. a DUI and is robbed, how many people win the fucking lottery and, like, don't have to go to work ever again? 
I mean, dude, I'm I don't actually know. I mean, let's get that. Let's get those figures. You know, well, it seems like it, I mean, it seems like it's just as much of a bad idea to get a shit ton of cocaine and whores as it is to get like, you know, help your brother open up a restaurant. You know what I mean? Either way, you're going to lose it all. I mean, you, you failed. Yeah, I'm willing to take my chances. I don't yeah. care. Okay. I mean, it's like, you know, sure, I'll help my immediate family out and then I'm gone. I, you know, I wouldn't even, what I would probably do is I would take the lump sum and I would collect it under a, a fictitious LLC or I'd found an LLC so no one even knows my real name. And then I would claim the money. You could do that. So you could, I could be like, Reach Around Foundation LLC and I'd claim my $30 million. No one would know it was D. Simon. They have ways of finding out, I feel like, you know. Well, $1.3 billion. They'll interview you. They'll figure it out, you know. I guess I would probably want the fame. I mean, would that be kind of cool? No, it wouldn't. It's the worst kind of fame you can have. Think, think Everyone's going to be up your ass. Would get. <laughs> <laughs> As if I'd still be doing this podcast after winning $1.3 billion. Uh, but yeah, you know, the one thing about uh, the coworker issue, though, uh, a few years ago, there's these these guys in uh, New Jersey, a bunch of asset managers who won $245 million. Well, a couple of the guys that always went in on the, the office lottery pools forgot to give money and they just, you know, didn't ask them. So they were left out of it. And then they tried to sue their friends. This is always what happens in those situations with the office pools. Yeah. Everyone becomes like evil. It, it's, <laughs> it's like one of the, it's like a, it's a, there's a story about it in Canterbury Tales. Everybody tries to kill each other, you know, try to get the gold. Yeah. You know, I mean, people always say it's like, oh, this money would be great to have, but it's more trouble than it's worth. But you know what I'm saying? I'm willing to take my chances. Yeah, I don't yeah, give a take shit. take your chances. Yeah. You know? A lot of cocaine and hookers. Why not? So anyway, people, that being said, if I do win the lottery this week, there will be no show next week unless Harrison's going to do it himself. 1.3. You got to teach me like a few things. 1.3 billion dollars. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to be recording sick and wrong every week. Mm. Um, anyway, this is uh, episode 514 here of sick and wrong. Uh, we got some stories to get to. Got the Sick and Wrong News Roundup coming up next. We also actually got some decent phone calls. You know, I made a shout out last week saying, hey, we want some good phone calls. You know, give us a call and you people have responded. We got, got some em. good calls this week. So, mm-hmm. so I appreciate that. So coming up next, we have news. We have phone calls. But first, here's a word from our sponsor, AdamandEve.com. Hey, kids, do you like sex toys? Yeah! Then go to AdamandEve.com and make a purchase using coupon code DIDDLE. You'll get 50% off your first item... Three free adult DVDs, free shipping, and a gift so sensual I can't even mention it on this podcast about murder and bukkake. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, AdamandEve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's DIDDLE, D-I-D-D-L-E, like your uncle used to do to you. All right, Harrison, my favorite uh, news story of the week. Mm -hmm. This is great. Uh... The governor of Maine uh, yes. blames the heroin epidemic that's currently afflicting Maine on men named D-Money, Smoothie, and Shifty, who come up to Maine, deal drugs, who come up to Maine from like New York, deal drugs, and impregnate young white women. Mm-hmm. Um, but this guy was actually, not only did he say this, but he said this publicly, and it's become like a bit of a yeah, viral clip. I have some audio here. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's play the audio. These are people that take drugs. These are... Guys of the name D-Money, Smoothie, Shifty, uh, these type of guys that come from Connecticut, New York. They come up here, they sell their heroin, then they go back home. 
Incidentally, half the time they impregnate a young white girl before they leave. Which is a real sad thing. Because I like how this is one woman that goes, huh. Yeah. <laughs> I like how the other yeah. people are kind of laughing when he says yeah. D-Money and Shifty. But yeah. then only one person responds to the impregnating a white girl. <laughs> and then they leave. And then what he says at the end here. And then we have another issue that we got to deal with down the road. And now we he got another a, issue. He means a, a biracial baby is the issue, <laughs> I think. Right? Is that the problem? Yeah, which, yeah. Is, which is another issue uh, down the road. So that's mm-hmm. Governor Paul LePage of Maine, who is uh, uh, trying to blame the heroin epidemic on guys named D-Money, Smoothie, and Shifty. I love it. You know, what blows my mind about this, it's an overtly racist remark, it's like you know, Maine's on the East Coast. This isn't Alabama. You know, this isn't... Mississippi. Dude. You know, the, the Maine is on the East Coast. It's next to Rhode Island and Boston. And, you know, they're blue states. They're democratic. Uh, people are educated there. Why would the governor of the state say something like this? Dude, have you ever been to Maine? I've never been there. It's like weird old guys who are like, oh, you're trying to get to Penobscot. Well, you can't get there from here, but if you take Route 44 through Old Orchard, yeah, I think maybe you could get there from there. And they're like, they've been like interbreeding with fucking fishmen in the ocean for centuries. So they're like, you know. They have lobster babies. Yeah, they have lobster babies. They're, they're crazy. I mean, they're, it's, it's really. Is it, isn't that racist? They, I mean, are there no they black people are, in Maine? They, no, there are some. There are some. <laughs> There's a handful. Yeah, I mean, it's still not a lot. And the people there are, you know, they're like. Sometimes dad is better. I, I just find it funny that like D Money and Smoothie or in Connecticut be like, hey, let's go to Maine, brother, and bang some white women and deal some heroin. Like, is it, does that happen? You know? That, I, that I cannot speak to. Uh, what I'm saying is there's going to be Governor LePage, there's going to be drugs in your state regardless. Because if people want drugs, they're going to be able to get them. I'm sure that, I'm sure Maine is rife with meth. I mean, I honestly like. I wouldn't be. They do still vote primarily democratically in Maine, but I, I, I think they still think it's the party of George Wallace. Like they're a little behind the time. <laughs> like I, I don't think they, you know, anybody clued them into that. You know what I mean? So uh, anyway, um, I wouldn't mind uh, the, the moniker D Money. I, I kind of like that. Sounds better than just D Simon. Looks like we killed D Money. <laughs> we'll take him over the woods and past the. No, you can't get to it from there. But if you go. Past the old cemetery to the old Micmac burial ground, you put him there. You, you sound like an extra back. in a Stephen King novel, you know. <laughs> um, then another story this week that I find hilarious is maybe if I if I won the lotto, I would do this. Uh, the Playboy Mansion, mm. the infamous Playboy Mansion, is up for sale, but with one catch: Hugh Hefner is included with it. So the Playboy Mansion which is home to Playboy's founder, Hugh Hefner, and his legendary parties. I mean, I've always wanted to attend a party at the Playboy Mansion. I mean, did you always, like, just fantasize about that? No. You never once thought about no. it? No. I, I came of age in, like, 1994 when, you know, we learned you, that, you, you, you know, Kurt Cobain said that shit wasn't cool. So I grew up thinking that way. Yeah, I remember you know? when uh, my grandfather died. And uh, I probably, I'm sure I've told this story on the, on the podcast a few times. He got hit by a bus in Chicago. When he died, we were cleaning out his place. 
And uh, it's not a funny story. <laughs> it was a tragic, tragic situation. Now, if I ever get um, hit by a bus, I want you to take me to that old Micmac burial ground. I, I swear it. put me in there. <laughs> I swear it skips generations. I'm destined to die by bus. But anyway, my uh, grandfather died. We were cleaning out his place. My mom found a stack of Playboy magazines, like the Madonna issue. Remember, you ever see the Madonna issue? Sure. And like a bunch of Playboy magazines from like the 80s. And she gave them to my brother. And my brother was like, I don't want these. He says, you want them? And I was just like, seriously? Oh my God, you're going to give me like... And at the time, I didn't realize my brother doesn't like women. you know. But anyway, I would read through those Playboys all the time because that's the only porn I had access to. I think I jerked out to those like countless times. And there would always be pictures of like parties at the grotto. With like all the celebrities, Will Chamberlain and uh, Mick Jagger. And I was just like, God, that'd be so rad. See, my uncle gave me an issue of Playboy, like my first one when I was like 12 or something. But it was like right around the time the Coneheads movie came out. So it was like all the women that were Coneheads. <laughs> Shut up. I'm serious. Wait, they, they were naked? No, they were naked, but they had Coneheads, like the Coneheads. And I was like, I don't What do I do? I don't God. know. What do I want to do with this? That you know? explains so much. It really <laughs> does. Jesus. That would terrify me. <laughs> I can't believe that the, the pinups all had Conan's. Yeah, they did. God, that's scary. Um, it turns out uh, they, they say that the pool at the, you know, the grotto, you're the, the grotto at the Playboy Mansion. Yes. It's like that pool with a cave or whatever. With a, the, a bunch of people contracted Legionnaire's disease from it. Amongst all the other diseases that I imagine were floating about. Isn't in that, that just heroin addiction? Isn't that what Legionnaire's disease is? I don't know. Because it's the, just... It's, it sounds like they got it from like Hugh Hefner's dick. Ah. Who knows? Mm. Um, but anyway, if you bought the mansion, you will actually inherit um, Hefner himself. Uh, whomever, whomever purchases the mansion will be required to give Hef a lifetime estate, which means he'll be allowed to live there until he dies. So he's going to haunt that place, living and dead. I mean, you just, you just coat the inside of his robe with some arsenic and, you know, your problem's over in a week. I just think it'd be hilarious. It's like, it, so they're trying to sell it right now. Playboy Enterprise is trying to sell it for two hundred million dollars. Uh, most likely, they'll probably get eighty to ninety million um, because it's kind of a dump, actually. But would that be great if you had a hundred million dollars? You just bought the if you just bought a Playboy Mansion, wouldn't you just live there with half? I think that'd be great. No, that sounds terrible. Why not? I'd, I'd, be, I'd be like, oh my god, come check it out, check it out. He's sleeping right now. He's on his dialysis machine. Look at him. Hef. He'd be your buddy. I guess. I mean, as long as it would lead to some kind of hilarious weekend at Bernie's situation, <laughs> then, I, then I'd be game. Then I'd be down. Uh, you know what's going to happen. It's going to be like some Saudi billionaire that's going to buy it. Right. And he's just going to be like, he's going to rebrand it as something else. But he's just going to be like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live there with Hef. And it's going to be like just a bunch of Saudi, rich Saudi guys. But hey, whatever. If they're going to start having parties there again, I would still love to go. You know, why not? Um, in other news, a few people sent this story in here. Uh, this one comes from Pinconning Picker. Pinconning was a town in Michigan that was about I don't know, 45 minutes north of the town that I grew up in, Bay City, Michigan. Pinconning Picker. You Pinconning can't get there Picker. from here. Maybe through Penobscot, <laughs> but not, not, not through here. Um, Bay City Mall is at its best. $29.63 for an engagement ring at the Walmarts must equal two months' salary for this guy. Regards, Pinconning Picker, engineer, age 41. Well, thank you, Pinconning Picker, for uh, sending this in. Uh, Bay City Mall. Yeah, the Bay City Mall was the, uh, the mall I hung out with. You know, 
actually, when I was in high school, the Basie Mall didn't open to like the, I think, maybe my senior year of high school. The mall that was like the mall that we all hung out at when I was like in junior high and high school was called the Hampton Town Center. And the Hampton Town Center is one of those tragic malls that uh, every store one by one just started closing over the years. Mm. At one time, it was thriving. I mean, the whole place was filled with like, you know, Deb's Fashion Bug Plus and the Kmart and the Chinese place and like their arcade. And then probably by the time I was like maybe a junior. That's where my school, mom used to shop. <laughs> fashion, fashion, fashion Bug and uh, Dress Barn. Dress Barn. Yeah, there was a Dress Barn there. <laughs> dress barn. <laughs> you know you're going to find a sexy outfit yeah. at the Dress Barn. Um, yeah, so the Hampton Town Center, like slowly but surely all the stores shuttered. It became this like ghost mall, like this ghost town. It was really creepy. I think there's a lot of malls like that. Um, but anyway, they built this new mall called the Bay City Mall, which is across the way. And I uh, had all the new stores. Everybody started shopping there. So it, that led to the demise of the Hampton Town Center. But anyway, I remember one time distinctly being in the Bay City Mall, my friend Kessler, and we were tripping on four hits of LSD. The Beavis and Butthead acid, you remember that? No, I never did that. You never did that? Con. Yeah, it was like it had a little Beavis, and, Beavis or Butthead on it. And so we were tripping on like four hits LSD, walking around the mall, because there's just nothing else to do in Bay City, laughing. And we had turned the corner, and there was like about 100 cops donating blood. Mm. And they're all just kind of sitting there, and I just started laughing and pointing. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe this. Check. And like all these cops are just looking at us. My friend Kessler's like, we got to go. We got to go. I was like, no, this is great. I, I was one of those guys that liked to do weird things, to test myself on acid if I could be normal. Like we, I used to crash funerals on acid. I couldn't even go to the store. And you know, I, I wanted to test to see if I could be, which okay. in, in retrospect, I look back at it and I'm like, why you're kind of a dick why would you do that yeah that's, it ruined someone's funeral you know yeah. and so i i was kind of at, at that at that that mindset of like i wonder if i could pull this off in front of a hundred cops because you know i was like you know a big fan of hunter s thompson and he used to say all that stuff but i wonder how much of that was exaggerated you know anyway we uh ended up just walking by and the cops just kept donating blood but it was a very searing mental image uh this story is a lot more lighthearted than that couple gets engaged at the walmart and steals sex toys at the mall yeah. please say hmm. um so uh this happened in basin michigan shortly after a man proposed to his girlfriend at the walmart the pair shoplifted jewelry and sex toys what section of the walmart did they did he propose in uh it says right here actually um Cornelius, that's the, that's the name of the uh, the fi the male fiance. Okay. He purchased an engagement ring at the Walmart for twenty nine dollars and sixty two cents. Um, and then he asked staff, he asked staff, a customer service worker, to read a proposal note over the public address system, asking his girlfriend to marry him. Uh, there's surveillance camera footage showing the event with Cornelius and his new fiance hugging and kissing as people stand around and applaud. What the fuck? I gotta say, that's more romantic than anything I've ever done. That just makes me want to cry. <laughs> Honestly, that's like the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> what? Uh, he, he proposed over it, an intercom at the in Walmart. A, at a, like, what the... F I mean... With the with the gray with the gray fucking cement floors and the and the giant... <laughs> and the fluorescent and the lighting. metal stacks of... You know, like, Jesus Christ, No. What I've always done, what I've always done at the uh, like Walmart or Kmart is you ask people to page members of the Sweat Hogs. You ever do that? No. No one gets it either. Yeah. But I find it funny. 
Like uh, my friend Arnold Horshack is somewhere in here. Could you page him? And they usually do that. But I've never thought about like proposing to my loved one and getting someone to read a proposal note over the intercom. Buying a $30 engagement ring. I, I think I, I might actually be one of the only people under 40 that even knows who the, what the fuck the sweat hogs are, dude. Honestly. <laughs> like, seriously. That's why it works so well I at the I brought Walmart. it up in the office and they're like, people are like, I have no idea what that is. And they're like, 32. They don't know. Nobody knows. I've uh, lost my friend, Freddie Boom Boom Washington. Could you please page Freddie Boom Boom Washington? They'll do it. Try it. Seriously. Look up the sweat hogs. Go to an airport and have them paged. It's a, it's a great way to spend the time. But uh, what I'm saying here, this is, okay. <laughs> this is romantic. This uh, is romantic. $29.62. Isn't it supposed to be three months pay, net salary, that goes into purchasing a wedding ring? How do you know that's not the case here? <laughs> that they, well, yeah. you know, and this guy's probably on the dole. And, you know, I don't know what he does. Um, Look, I was on the dole, all right, like two months ago. So <laughs> yeah, but you're probably getting more than twenty nine dollars and sixty two cents in three true. months. I was, um, but how? What isn't there? Isn't that the formula? Is that how it is? I've never tried. I've never bought a wedding ring. I don't even know. I thought you just ask like you know, uh, some member of your family for a their ring. dead relative, a dead relative. You know, you know or I've a, always found that that oh, to be spin, kind of a cop out, or you know, somebody uh, a widower, a widow, something. Uh, I've always found it to be a cop out. Like my uh, my friend P Town. His uh, his wife's, I think his wife's grandmother died right before they got married, and the mom was like, "This would be the best wedding if you could do this." And Pat was just like, "Sweet, you know, he didn't have to worry about going and spending three months' salary on a fucking wedding ring." See, I, I'd like to think that if, if for some insane reason I ever got married, that I'd I'd be with somebody who would think that was stupid to spend that much money on a ring, and would be like, "Why don't we just like travel around the world?" or buy like a house or you know use the money to like buy a house or something you know what i mean like but let's just tattoo our wedding ring? bands on our, on our finger nah, i see i i've been with chicks who did that that's a little lame because you can't actually was, tattoo the inside of your no, finger it's it terrible work. it's yeah, like the that's most dumb. white trash thing you could do yeah. next to tramp stamp um <laughs> like, but yeah 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 no i yeah. see what you're saying so yeah. anyway what happened here this is on december 30th uh right before new year's uh, Bay County Sheriff's deputies responded to the Spencer's Gift Store inside the Bay City Mall for a shoplifting complaint involving a man and a woman. Both Sussex suspects fled the area prior to the arrival of the police, but the deputies found the woman walking between a Bob Evans and a Taco Bell. The and fuck is Bob Evans? <laughs> it's like a Denny's kind oh, of, okay. but for old people. Um, the, the woman was being tailed. By a very diligent Spencer's employee. <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of cracks me up that the guy's like, she stole some edible underwear. Must go tail her. I, is, I can't is, even believe Spencer's even exists. Is Walt's roast beef still a thing? Does it still exist? I don't know. Okay, all right. Does that have anything to do with Spencer's? Is that like the it's food? It's what it used to be in the mall that I used to, the Swansea Mall next to fucking Spencer's. Spe hey, no, but Walt's Spencer's still exists. They still exist. Even at, at, like throughout America, there's Spencer's. People still go, need the you know the hats with breasts on them and whatever the fuck kind of shit it, they it sell there. It fucking blows my mind. Like places like Radio Shack mm. or Spencer's Gifts still exist. 
Yeah. I mean, that's been know. around since what? The fucking 90s? The I went 80s? To, I went to Spencer Gifts to get one of those <laughs> fart keychains, but it turns out it was built over an ancient Micmac burial ground and the thing was cursed. But don't get me wrong. When I was a kid and you go to the mall, it's like that's the first store you'd go to to go look at the titty posters, you know? Yeah. I don't think I've ever purchased anything. And those hats anything. with just like an ass on the yeah, foam just, ass <laughs> on the hat for no reason. Well, I think it's, and they also had all those mm. like assorted like bachelorette party favors mm-hmm. like with dicks like dick straws or dicks dick popsicles and all this shit um i guess i guess that's really what spencer's is for right? dick straws the attorney at law dick how straws. are you nice to meet you <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so apparently spencer's gifts uh, still exist and um yeah you know this couple went over there and shoplifted a few items so they searched deputies searched a 20 year old woman they found a pair of gold earrings and a silver necklace but then um, she told deputies that she and her 25-year-old f- fiancé here, William Cornelius, visited them all the shop, maybe see a movie, adding that she had no part in what happened at the Spencers. Mm. She said she did not steal anything from the novelty store. Deputies later located Cornelius sleeping in the mall's food court. Apparently, he had fallen asleep at the table Come on, his shoes. Come on! <laughs> that happens. That happens. You know, maybe he was tired. Maybe he was on a three-day bender. Look, even yeah. at, my worst, at my worst, that shit is not going to happen to me. Come on. That's crazy. They awoke him, and they searched him. They found Shameful. a watch, an edible thong, sex toy, panties, and sex candy from Spencer's, valued at a total of $80.93. So this guy bought the ring, bought the sexy uh, edible underwear, and had the Walmart staff propose, read his proposal note. This, this, this is true romance. You know, sometimes, dear, I think I would cut the world open just to see it bleed. <laughs> so uh, Cornelius told deputies he took the jewelry and the items from Spencer's as he was feeling brash because he had just been given a tramadol. A narcotic-like <laughs> pain reliever. So he's a little randy. Yeah. Decided to go uh, hit the Spencers and steal some edible underwear. Somebody um, tried to give me one of those recently. I should have taken it, honestly. I've never had one. It's, it's, I don't think I have appealing. either. Yeah. Um, he's been cha- charged with one count of third-degree retail fraud. Uh, but apparently he's been on probation since the time of the thefts because he was sentenced in November, November 2014 to three years probation for a conviction of ethnic intimidation i didn't even, didn't even know this charge existed oh my what is yeah uh, i guess in um in august 2014 cornelius and his cousin were drinking on the porch of their bay city home when they attacked three black men who happened to be walking by ah a twist in the story see william cornelius i i wasn't picturing you know, no, 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 this guy is. I a, wasn't picturing a white man. No, this guy is. This guy's like a genetic dead end. Like you look at him, you're like, I'm. I, I really hope they should sterilize this guy or something. So he's been interbreeding with the deep ones in the yeah. ocean, clearly. But but this is a story like this. This is why I will never go back to Bay City, Michigan. There's no reason for me ever to go back there. And after you you read about like people get put on probation for ethnic intimidation. The fuck kind of charges that? That's weird. Yeah. No, Wait, but, why? They just he just beat up black guys for no reason. Yeah, just and and that's all he got was probation for ethnic intimidation, not like you know assault and battery on three innocent dudes. That's bizarre. It's Bay City. The place mm. is like the fucking Twilight Zone. 
There's mm. something in the water. I don't know what's in the water. You know, it's a place I will never go. I don't really visit understand. again. I don't really understand the Midwest. I mean, I don't know. I feel like last name Cornelius. Yeah, you would think know. that, but no. Hmm. All right. Anyway, what, what what you got for the for uh, what, what do you have here for the next story? Oh, what do I got? Oh, this is actually where my boss lives. Uh, a man set fire to homes and cars belonging to his groomsmen in revenge for not supporting him after his marriage fell apart. Authorities said. Hmm. Joshua Van Buskirk, thirty-three, of Walnut Creek, California, was arrested last month in connection to a string of fires in Pleasant Hill, Antioch, and Concord. In Walnut Creek, California, that's a, that's a wealthy town. You know, it's a, it's a well-to-do yeah. area up in oh, the, yes. uh, the Bay. It's probably about 40 minutes east of Oakland. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He has been charged with three counts of arson, three counts of possession of a destructive device, and two counts of child endangerment. Jesus. Uh-huh. But although he acknowledges the rift with his groomsman, Van Buskirk, denies the charges. It tore me apart because I'd been there for them, Van Buskirk told the Contra Costa Times in a jailhouse interview. They didn't even reach out to me or care one bit. So wait, what, why was his marriage falling apart? But when asked if he committed the arsons, he said, no, sir. Uh, it, it actually doesn't say. So the, so the guy is, it's one of your homies, your, your broheims here. Yeah. He got married. You were in his wedding. Yep. And then a couple years they threw later. Him a, they threw him a bachelor party. Threw him a bachelor party. Yeah. A couple years later, the marriage in is Reno. failing. They took him to, well, I mean, you take, they threw him a bachelor party in Reno. Wow. I mean, Reno. Reno's like one large downtown Vegas. It's, yeah. It's, it's not, it's not a, it's not a pretty area. But still, the effort involved in but that. But what I'm saying, it's like, so... You're you're in the wedding. You're a mm. groomsman. At what part do you just kind of say, "Dude, you're on your own. Like it's not my fault that your marriage failed." Yeah, you're an I, asshole. Well, I've been a groomsman several times in my life, and uh, th- largely because I hate weddings, and people know that I hate weddings. I won't go unless unless I'm like if if you make me the best man or a groomsman, then I kind of have to go, and then I'll go. You know, <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> so. Wait, you extort them. <laughs> Like you no, I, I, don't I will act- not show up unless you put me in your wedding. All no, right. I don't ask that. They just know that they'll ha- I'll have to go if they do that. It's like I'm a, you know, I'm so a, the like only a, way they're going to get you there. Yeah, I, 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 there are these rules that apply to me. I'm kind of like an ancient fairy or leprechaun or something. Where Definitely it's like, a fairy. Yeah, yeah, fairy, right? Let's mm. say I'm a fairy. Okay. okay, the fairy king. The fairy king. Yes, king <laughs> of the fairies. And uh, you know, like if you make a contract with me, it has to be signed by midnight, or else you know I turn into a dwarf. For, you know some shit like that there's all these rules okay so, and, and your friends understand I won't this. go to your wedding unless I'm like I'm put in a prominent position where if I don't show up I'll look really bad alright because then you know what it is it's the onus is on you you have to go you have to go yeah, yeah at that point um, I just don't like weddings uh, luckily I don't have that many close friends so I never get invited to weddings um, but yeah like I, th- I think I've been a groomsman maybe twice I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, it's it's bad. You know my. Uh, they, they're like tell you like oh you have to wear this tie. Well, you, I'm like I got to do what motherfucker I got to wear what like I mean I I know it's worse for women because it's like oh you got to get this awful dress but it was like the first time somebody did it to me I was like wait a minute I got not only got to do I got to go to something I got to buy some shit the my, fuck my uh, the fuck my friend my old college roommate actually he got married to his his college lover I think actually he dated in high school they got married. 
uh, that marriage that marriage failed. They mm. got divorced. He ended up uh, having an affair. Then he married the homewrecker. So I was best man at his original wedding, and then I was best man at his second wedding. And the second time around, he was kind of like he was really involved in the wedding planning for the first time. But the second time, you know, the wife was a lot younger, and he was just like, you know, do whatever you want. You know what she had us do? All the groomsmen had to wear pink. It's her favorite color. So we had like pink vests, <laughs> like pink ties. Mm. And I'm just like sitting there like, dude, really? And he's like, this is kind of funny. But yeah, that, but that's why I hate I hate weddings. But the fact of the matter is, yeah, I'll support you. I will go to your wedding. I will give you a toast. I will buy you a gift. And that's it. If the wedding fails after that, sure, I'll buy you a drink or something. I, was, I think I was best man of my, I think. I say I think because I don't know, because I don't remember because I was pretty fucked up, but I was best man at my dad's third wedding. Ooh. Yeah. What, what, how can you be best man at your dad? Your dad doesn't have any friends? I don't, all I know, I don't remember if I was best man. All I know is that I showed up. I was fucking out of my mind. I was really fucked up, and I had to give the speech. So I had to give, like, the best man speech. And I don't remember that much about it, but I remember I was really high, and I was really drunk, and I was like, you know... The Greek historian Herodotus once said that no man is happy until he is dead. My father, however, is not happy until he is wed. And that's how the speech that's started. That, that is a good introduction. Yeah, that was the yeah. intro. I don't remember the rest of it, but that's how it started. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, did the marriage pan out? No. No. He's on number okay. five now. Yeah. <laughs> did he ask you to be best man again? No, hell no. I can imagine. Yeah. So what happened? This, this guy... His marriage fails, and so he th- mm. he thinks his bros should try to save the marriage. Like it's just like a fumble, jump on the they, football, or they what? didn't like- reach out to him. Okay, that's what he was upset with, and he was you know he set ablaze one of their pickup trucks. Okay, ooh, a pickup truck Vengeful. belonging to one of Van Buskirk's groomsmen was set ablaze in Pleasant Hill. A Joker playing card was left at the scene. Oh, is that like his 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 trademark? He's like just, yeah, he's just mixing up tropes all over the place. You know? Yeah, just, what's he yeah. doing here? I don't know. At the time, he and his wife were going through a divorce to end their four year marriage. I mean, you know what? I gotta say, I don't blame the wife. I don't either. I mean, and then he, I mean, just <sighs> some men just want to see the world burn. I guess I don't know. You know what's weird about this situation? It's like you know when you're married, you've been married for four years. You guys have. Your common friends, and then you split, and your friends have to choose sides. This will be easier for his friends because they're just gonna be like, "Yeah, that guy's an asshole, and he's psychotic." Mm. Let's just be friends with the wife. He said another one of his groomsmen's truck trucks on fire, and uh, the groomsmen's children were asking questions about it, like, "Daddy, why Uncle Josh tried to kill us?" <laughs> <laughs> and his dad didn't have an answer for that question. Wow. Yeah, and yeah. They, they the friends had played softball for seven years and so now what now they just like he he, he has no friends this has got this yeah. guy's billy no mates well he this claims no he claims that anymore. they dropped him even before that before the fires happened yeah but i mean this is a, this is one of those dudes so your friends you know you're you're two growing adults you know it's not like we're best friends taking like you know up in the treehouse making blood oaths like we were when we were like in seventh grade. Right. You know, we're adults. We have our own fucking lives. Yeah. You know, how, how, how much of a relationship are you supposed to have with your adult male friends? No, this sh- and this shit happens like I, a few times with like friends and sometimes like cousins and whatever, where they're like, you know, 
you find out that they've been just fucking livid at you for months because they're like, that time you were in town and you didn't call me and you didn't hang out. I, I mean, I'm like, what? When what happened? What? And, like, and, and you know, it doesn't even occur to you yeah. because it's because you're normal. And then you find out like they're hurt. And then have you had to like apologize? Have you had to call up a friend and be like, you know, I'm sorry for doing something that I didn't know I did. I've had to do that, but I've, it's, it's very much like, yeah, you know, I'm sorry if you were hurt, but uh, I don't know if you know me, but I'm the most self-absorbed, self-obsessed motherfucker on the planet. And, you know, if you expect nothing from me, then you'll never be disappointed. That's usually, that's, 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 a, that's, my that's, a, yeah, that's, that's my apology. Yeah, that's a good yeah. apology. Yeah. <laughs> it's very heartfelt. Um, no, but that's the thing. It's like I, I've had guy friends that you're like, you are way too sensitive to be a man. Like, this is weird. I understand if you're a woman and you're upset about this because you're emotional, maybe you're menstruating or so, whatever, you know, and I will apologize for being insensitive, but you are a guy. Like we just have beers and we occasionally do cocaine and maybe go to a strip club or something. Just come on, dude, grow a sack. Who cares? But yeah, there's a lot of guys that are like, especially when men, like all their friends get married and they're still single and they still expect like their married friends to like be like they were back like 15 years ago. You know, like I've already accepted the fact that all my married friends, we don't hang out very often. Yeah. You know, it's like if, if their wife's not in town, maybe I'll get to hang out with them. I don't pressure them to do this. I don't send them emails saying I haven't talked to you for three weeks and four days. And sometimes you don't even find out that these people are upset until they're fucking walling you up in their wine cellar. Or blowing up your pickup truck. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so how did that end for the guy? Is he in prison? Uh, uh, did the divorce go through? He's in custody at Contra Costa County Jail with bail set at $1.2 million. Wow. Yep. Uh, th th there you go, people. That's a cautionary tale. Don't get married. Or, or if you do get married, just don't be in the wedding. And he didn't admit doing the act, but he did admit motive. So just get a lawyer. If you ever get arrested, get a fucking lawyer. Say nothing. Yeah, what never. is wrong with everyone? I never, I've Does never it, don't understood watch that. Don't people watch TV? I've never understood that. <sighs> people, send your stories. Stick around podcast at hotmail.com. We have some phone calls to get to. 206-666-3846 is that number. Before I get to that, here's another word from adamandeve.com. Hey, guys. It's me, Stephen. I'm a huge fan of your show. Thanks to your awesome coupon code. I can buy myself loads of good sex toys. Since both of my wives died, and my look Eric's disease got pretty bad. Let's just say things in the bedroom got pretty boring. But thanks to adamandeve.com and coupon code diddle D-I-D-D. I am now a new man. Thanks. Harrison, we have some phone calls to get to. 206-666-3846 is that number. And as I mentioned before, people, yeah, we appreciate you calling the sticker on hotline. Just keep it under three minutes. And uh, yeah, we, we want some more calls here. Send us your shit stories, your uh, thought experiments. Just tell us about your lives. We appreciate it. You know, this guy, I think one of the, the, the first call here, this guy's commenting on what we've, we've been talking about, the, the roadhead and, 
and having uh, sex in your car, sure. which Harrison is averse to doing. He, I am. Yeah, you do, you do, not, you do not appreciate that. You like to concentrate on the traffic rules. Yeah. Uh, this guy has his own take on it. Hey, boys. Loving the show. Um, but I had to call in because you guys were talking about my very favorite subject in the world, blowjobs. Um, yeah. Are you a fan of blowjobs, Harrison? I like them okay. I mean, I mean, is it a make or break thing for you? Like no. every time you, so when you have, honestly, if I date a woman and she's like, I'll do anything, but I just, I don't like sucking dick. I'd be like, fine. I could live the rest of my life without it. Would you still reciprocate to, would you give her oral sex? If she liked it? Yeah. That would do it. All right. So she even was, if, if she's she was, not going to give you oral, you'd still give her oral. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm. You know, but the thing is with me, it's like, I do like if a girl's good. Do I have a thing when when I give oral to a woman? Generally, to I like to make it more interesting. So like I either like it just in a normal like oh go to, you know like hey you gotta go down on me just like normal like I'll do it but I'm kind of like Ugh, I'm kind of bored with this. But if it's like I like to either have them like tied down spread spread eagle to the bed and go down on them where they just can't do shit that I like a okay, lot. Okay, so you like right? to have them restrained yeah. in order to do that or. In their situation where they're dominating me, and they're like, I'm Sitting like handcuffed, in your face or yeah, something. and I'm like handcuffed, and they're like, motherfucker, just you know, just shoving my fucking head into their pussy, you know. But, that but, I like that. You got to make it more interesting for me, you know what I mean? Just straight up, it's it's not that interesting for me. Like, th- put that shit in there. Oh, it's good times. But both those scenarios are sexy. I, I think mm. the thing when it comes to getting uh, getting a blowjob from a woman, it's like. You know, it's never going to be a terrible experience. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's nice having your dick in your mouth. But some girls just aren't that good at it. So it's just kind of boring. It's like, I'd rather just be fucking you right now rather than spending these five minutes with my dick in your mouth and your teeth scraping against my uh, the bottom of my shaft. You know? I mean, there, there's there been a couple, I think, women in my life where it's just like the the, the experience was literally divine. Yeah, and it like just kind of spoiled it for everything, you know, everyone else after that point. Because after that, like, no girl matches up to it. Kind of. Is it is it amazing though when you you first hook up with a girl and she's just like a like a master of sucking dick, and you're like, Jesus Christ, how did you hone your craft? Like, you I mean how many dicks have you sucked to get this good? I'm I'm always impressed by that. Anyway, and and there is a, a weird if you were to do I think if you were to do a graph if you were to do a sort of uh, demographic kind of graph about this they'd be Jewish. What do you say? Most of the girls that are good at sucking dick are Jewish. Yes, that, I have not. That is not. You've never heard this. You've never heard this. Have you heard? I this? would think this it was the thing. other way around. I thought it's they would thing. complain instead of having to do no, it. No, 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 no. There's like a particular. <laughs> I have never heard this statistic. Why mm. are Jewish women good, better at sucking dick than other women? I don't know why. I figured they would complain, like, why do I have to do this? You're always mm-hmm. putting your dick in my mouth. It tastes mm-hmm. gross. You didn't bathe. That's what I picture. But hey, you know what? I haven't had sex with that many Jewish women, so who knows? Oh, right. We're in the middle of the call, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. We we're talking about all sorts of shit. All right, sorry, this guy. I'm kind of with the, uh, the one fellow who called in and said that it's kind of a road trip tradition. Um <clears throat> You know, I have, sometimes I have to work out of town, and uh, if it's a long drive, I get real super drowsy, and to be honest, probably the, the best thing for me to do to, to stay awake is to whip it out and kind of jerk it. 
And if my wife's with me on a long road trip, the best thing that can keep me awake is uh, her, you know, periodically bending over and sucking my dick. Wakes me right up, keeps me awake for quite longer than coffee, blah, blah, blah. Um, because of the position that you're in when you're driving, I can't ever come really doing that. But it does keep me awake. But Kyle Harrison, you know, you're like, I, I hear this all the time. I think Harrison's actually the norm when it comes to not really enjoying um, coming in the mouth. And I, I'm just like totally the opposite. Nine times out of ten, I can't even... I can't even come um, vaginally, and and I actually, gosh, I just hate it because then you make a mess of her pussy, and then undoubtedly she gets all fucking excited and wants to fuck some more, and you got that fucking nasty ass fucking cum in there, fucking <laughs> making your dick feel uncomfortable and sticking to your pubes, and God, I fucking hate it, um, and I'm just really lucky that. I and then the call just cuts off there because he crashed his car while getting his yeah. dick sucked. <laughs> while jacking off. <laughs> Jesus, this guy hates the cream pie. Yeah, he does. Wow. Well, it's fine. You just got to immediately urinate afterwards. Well, the thing is, have you ever gotten like a, a male urinary infection? Urinary tract infection? I didn't even know men could get that. You can. No. It's that thing where like after sex where it's just like you're trying to urinate and it's really hard and it kind of hurts. I think, I think that's called gonorrhea. No, it's no. This is not what I'm you, talking. Men can get UTIs because women, women, yeah, women get UTIs, and it's like it's like a whole thing, and they have to get like antibiotics. It's just, you can usually just piss through it if you're a guy, you know. But it, it's like it's you might have to like fucking stand there for like a half hour trying to like you know it kind of hurts and it's kind of annoying. <laughs> oh, you when you're switching tubes, right? And this is like, sex. yeah, and this yeah, and this is like if you've like come multiple times in the same vagina or the same sock or whatever or a flashlight or whatever you kind of thing you're dealing with you mean that if you keep coming in the same vagina you're gonna get a uti if, if you if you get old cum and by old i mean it's outside of your body and you and again i'm not a doctor so don't take my word for this this is just you know based on my experience this is based <laughs> on my own personal random scientific method the observations of harrison yeah you get some of that old cum in there you know what i mean so wait, Clean you're just, your flashlight okay. out, people, please. <laughs> you're saying, so most women, when you cream pie them, it drips out, then they go to the bathroom, they urinate, and it washes the cum out. Are you saying the girls, the sexual partners you've had, just kind of keep that, like, well, maybe well you just Maybe you just keep coming in there a bunch of times. Maybe you're just having some kind of crazy thing, and you keep coming a bunch of times. But, but this guy is scared of his own semen. He said it makes his penis feel uncomfortable. Well, it can give you a, a male UTI. So you're saying the old cum can mm -hmm. give you a male UTI? Yes, yes I am. Mm. And again, a male UTI is something that can just sort of inconvenience you for like 30 minutes. It's not a big deal. But it is a little annoying. The one thing I don't like about it is uh, I hate how it drips out and stains the bed. Like the, the bed's going to have a big cummy wet spot. Right. And then it's inevitable that you're going to have to be in it because the girl's like, I don't want to be in the wet spot. It's gross. Just put a towel over there. I know. Then you got to sleep on the towel. It's just, it's, it's messy. That's, That's why that if point. You just, I don't give a fuck. If you could just blow the load in the girl's mouth, mm. she swallows it. She's not going to get pregnant. You know, she'll probably get some more protein in her diet and then it's not going to make a mess. I don't know. Uh, it's clean. But that, that being said, it's kind of 
I don't know, disquieting to know that there's dudes just cruising around instead of drinking coffee, just jacking off in their car. It is a little awake. weird. Yeah. Isn't that weird? It's, it's a unsettling. little strange. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and even his wife's like, really? You just jack off in your car? What if you're like sitting, you know, at, at an intersection at the red light and the guy next to you is just kind of like smiling and just, you see his you know, hand going up and down. Would you be like pervert? I would probably, you know, I'd probably like, uh, you know, try to take a video of it, post it to YouTube. Hey, that's a good idea. Uh, a little public shaming. All right, well, uh, the second, uh, the second call here. I forget what it is. What's the second call? Autopsy. Something about an autopsy. Here we go. Hey, Sink and Ron, B, Harrison, Lance out there somewhere. I think I'm finally in the acceptance stage of. Lance is a force ghost. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> a blue fucking. He's like blue Yoda. Yeah. Okay. Brief with Lance leaving, and uh, Harrison seems to be pretty good. He has some good stories. So, um, D. Simon, you wanted some good phone calls, and I've had this one in the vault for a while, and I thought I'd call and share a sick and wrong autopsy story. Mm, always appreciate it. So, back in the 90s, when I was a young, fresh morgue girl right out of college, I worked for a small town uh, hospital in the south, and one of my first autopsies was on a morbidly obese person. Mm. Uh, this person was close to 500 pounds. Ooh. We knew... At the onset, first of all, I don't remember why we had to do this anyway, because he was obviously morbidly obese. But we knew at the onset this would be a nightmare, because we couldn't even move the body onto the proper autopsy table. We had to do it right on the gurney, which was kind of old and wobbly and not built to hold somebody weighing, you know, close to 500 pounds. So we get all geared up, like we always do. Looks like we're going into surgery, because, you know, it's a mess. And we start the Y incision. And as soon as we get down and cut through the fascia, which is this thin layer of connective tissue that kind of holds everything in, fluid just started pouring out of this person. And I mean, <laughs> it was just a ridiculous amount of fluid. And the pathologist is yelling at me, get the hose, get suction. So I get the hose, and I'm trying to suck, you know, I'm sticking it in the body, and I'm trying to suck up the fluid, but the fluid's just pouring out faster than the, the hose can suck. And he's yelling at me, you know, we need more suction. I'm like, it's sucking. I can't, you know, it's not going any faster. So it's just all over the floor. Um, Talking about blowjobs. And, jobs. you know, we couldn't really do anything about it until it stopped on its own. So for the rest of the autopsy, you know, we're sloshing around in it, and it's nasty and warm, and it's just nothing we can really do except for try to finish this and get it what out of What is our- it? Like, what, what uh, is it? I, I would think a lot, of, a lot of weird gases would come out, but I guess it's some kind of fluid. I, don't like, I mean, it's not blood, right? It's just, it's just water. Like, I don't know. Like I don't bodily know. fluids. Is yeah, bodily weird. fluids. Yeah. I've always heard that. Uh, I've had you know mm. friends that have worked in uh, in morgues, and they mm. said that uh, you know that the body releases gases. So sometimes you know they'll have like a you know an overweight person come in, and they'll just kind of press on their abdomen mm. and just release a really long, drawn out fart. But it, that, that's what they do to like you know relieve the tension and the awkwardness. It's just right. like let's just make the corpses fart. I probably would do something like that. I mean, how do you not, I got to feel like, especially nowadays, like, how do you not have this job and like take pictures, selfies and you know what I mean? Because your job would be in jeopardy, don't you think? I guess you post it to Instagram. Like I'd have, I'd cut, I'd cut the body open and then get inside like the, like (laughs) Like the fucking, like a tauntaun. (laughs) (laughs) Empire Strikes Back and take a selfie of me in there, you know, curled up in there. Yeah. Lord. Um. And that's about it. That was really bad. I uh, ended up throwing away, you know, I I wore obviously hospital scrubs, but my socks and shoes were my own. So, you know, you're not going to keep those after that happens because it soaked all the way through. 
Um, and of course, being an old hospital, the drain for the morgue is not in the lowest part of the floor. So of course it's pooling and I have to get the big squeegee and you know push everything down the drain. But um, at the end, and which doesn't seem as bad after sloshing through this guy's fluid for an hour, I literally had to lay on the body for the doctor to sew him up because we couldn't hold, we weren't really strong enough to kind of hold everything together to suture the Y incision back because of all the fat just kind of flopping around. So I literally Jesus. had to lay down on him to hold him together as the doctor sutured him up. So anyway, I've been wanting to call with that story for a while. You asked for good phone calls. I thought that was a decent one. It's something I'll never forget, and I'm sure that doctor will ever forget. Um, and that's it. So keep wow. it soft and warm, like a big guy's body fluid. <laughs> wow, that was that that was disgusting. That, that was, was a disgusting. vile story. Yeah, you know, if you're a big obese guy like this, was she working for a funeral home, or do you think this is like they had to do an autopsy for the city or something? Like, I, it I sounds imagine, like it was it was like a coroner kind of situation. Yeah, like yeah. if I was a big fat guy like that, like an overweight obese man, I would just be cremated. Like, don't cut me open, just burn it off. I don't think it's up to you whether you're autopsied or not. You know? well, I suppose if it's a corner situation, mm. yeah, but Jesus Christ, like just it sounds like this body is just flopping everywhere. Oh. I want to know what this liquid is. That's just uh I I would have lost like I would have lost it. Like I I don't I don't deal well in situations like that. I would have mm. vomited for sure. Adding my liquid on top of his fat guy liquid. Yeah. Even gross. Wow. It's a lot of liquid. Would you date a woman that uh, does that for a living? Yeah, I'd love to. It'd be great. Have you never have you ever dated a mortician? I have not. I, well, I've dated a mortician in training. I dated I, a mortician. Just, a lot of goth too. chicks. You know what I mean? It's a thing. It is it's a, a thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. I dated a goth chick that was trained. I don't know if she ever graduated. Yeah, she's kind of a drug addict. But she used to always um, tell me stories about all the different people that came in and what she learned that day. But she was like, I, th- I think she was more into the idea of being a mortician rather than doing the work and educating herself. I don't think she's very disciplined. Of course, the the end cultural result of all of that basically gives us the fucking goth chick on NCIS. Yeah, that's that what is. all of this has led to. You know, this is the progress. That's of the mankind. aftermath. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So what's the what's the last call here? Oh boy, we got remember remember the remember the gay retards from that camp or whatever the hell that guy was talking about. That I gotta say that mortician call was like probably the most coherent three minute call we've ever I've ever heard on yeah, the show yeah we've only had a few in the, yeah. the 9.5 years so we've, coherent. Done, we've done the show yeah. that was a, that was a really coherent narrative but I have vague memories of this other guy who called about a camp where there was like a troop of retarded kids and somebody was gay I don't there was like a gay retarded cub scout leader or something something yeah yeah alright let's he's he's back he's back D Harrison I called earlier and don't use that message. I was fucked up. Uh, I was high as shit. And I just said some bullshit. Now I wrote some shit down. Thought about it. Called back. And I'm sober. So fucking use this. So I wanted to clear up some things about the fucking Boy Scout camp. Because I just work there. And I go there every summer. Not every summer, but every sometimes. It's like fucking place. You get some shit money. You know, it's a vacation. It's Did like he write this down? So like, this yeah. is what he wrote. You, you get um, some shit money. <laughs> so. D money. <laughs> D money. Yeah. <laughs> I was just a counselor there, and there's one troop. So, troops, these troops are from locations. So, like, these are from 
a part of a state somewhere else, and I don't know how, but it just turns out that every single member of this troop is retarded, and it works out. I don't know. Just make special accommodations. But um, there's this one story. Now that troop from Penobscot's full of retards. I, I, I just <laughs> like the idea. It's like, I don't know how. I mean, maybe your the parents drank a lot yeah. while uh, you know, they're, they're, the moms drank a lot while they're, they're, they're pregnant. I, I, you know, that's, I don't know how. Story where uh, there's a camp-wide search for one of these retarded guys because everybody woke up and there was no retarded guy. <laughs> <laughs> alert, alert. There is no retarded guy. Yeah, I wonder if they make an announcement over the uh, loudspeakers. Get a search party together. We are missing a retarded guy. <laughs> retarded guy missing. Well, once there was a retarded guy, now there is none. <laughs> News at 11. And we searched all over the camp. We searched like 20 square miles. And then they called off the search, and there were police helicopters and everywhere. And it was pretty shitty. And like we were feeling really bad because we couldn't find this retarded kid, and we thought he was gonna die or some shit in like the mountains of Pennsylvania, where there are fucking mountain lions. And uh, wait, wait, wait. Was he worried that a mountain lion was gonna eat one of the retarded kids? I think so. Yeah. Is that? I mean, that's yeah. a danger. Yeah. I guess that'd be terrible. I mean, that could be a problem right over here in old Griffith Park. Don't they you know? like tether them or something? Like, I'm surprised they let the retards just run free in the camp. That does seem a little weird. Yeah. Yeah, like maybe lock them in the cabin. By at the night. way, I haven't. I, you've probably listened to this call. I have not previewed this call. So if this ends with a dead retarded kid, and I've been <laughs> laughing the whole time. I'm gonna be fucking pissed off at you. All right. I'm gonna feel like an asshole, and I'm gonna go on a bender. Oh, we shall see. All right. Here we go. Like five minutes after they call the search off, they like look in their latrine in their campsite, and he's fucking fell asleep on the fucking toilet. Uh, <laughs> like he just like what the fuck, yeah. <laughs> I peace guys. I just thought I might leave you with that funny ass story. I know you guys try to keep it down to like three minutes. So I just wanted to cut it off at that. Peace. All right, we appreciate that. Being conscious of the time there. Yeah. So, so the retarded guy passes out taking a shit. Yeah. Maybe he's tired. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I guess. So I wonder how it is if you're camp counselors. Do you draw straws like who's going to get the retard group? You know. I think so. Yeah. I think it's I feel like no why. one wants to deal with it just because mm. it's more work. And it's, you know, and then, and then somebody ends up inevitably getting the short straw and now it's like, I got to go manage a pack of retards. Yeah. Wow. Is that the, is that the, the proper nomenclature? A pack of retards. Or a gaggle no, of, an a gaggle un- of tards. An, an unkindness of retards. <laughs> I think gaggle works a little okay. bit better. All right. Sure. Yeah. Wow. You know, I would love to hear some more um, stories from Camp Retarded, you know, or Camp Retard. That, that's great. It's very interesting. Do you still work there that's what i want to know i don't think he still works there no yeah you think i don't think it's there's there's a career track i don't think there's a tenure track at the fucking retard camp d (laughs) all right come on where's he at now that's my like i want to know what happened here yeah it's yeah it's amazing i remember uh in high school my friend kessler had one job he had one job his entire life is this one job actually i think he had two jobs but the one job when i was in high school i worked at a little caesar's and so his parents, he was wealthy at a trust fund, you know, he, yeah. didn't, he didn't have to work, but his parents were like, you know, you should get a job because, you know, 
D has a job. And so they're like, since your friend has a job, you should get a job. And so he, I think he felt like maybe I should get a job too. So he got a job at the Bay City, I think it was the Bay City Mall, it might have been the Hampton Mall, but working for an Imperial Sports, like there were sports out there. And he said once a week, every Thursday, the caretakers would show up with their, like a busload of retards. And the retards were just, they, they, I guess they, I don't know if they get a stipend from the state or something. Like that, these retards varied in age from like, you know, 14 to like 60. And I don't know if they get like a certain amount of money from their family or from their state, but the home would bring them to the mall and they'd pretty much just be set free. You know, and the, the caretakers would kind of like take care of them. They all went to that Imperial Sports, the sports star, store every Thursday and got decked out in Jordan flight suits. Michael Jordan. They were on Jordan shoes. They bought they them. Jo- they got no, the- they, yeah, and like, like my friend Kessler would have to help dress Who's them. Who's paying like for that? Suit. Who's paying for that shit? The state. That's and, crazy. Know, oh, they loved. It's expensive. They loved Michael Jordan flight suits. So yeah, I mean, I, I guess what I always thought was like, I don't know what happened. Like, what, what happens in your career when you just end up being a handler for a bunch of retards? I don't know, but I'm sure I'll find out in my life when I fuck everything <laughs> up. When I fuck every job I've had. On your up. career trajectory, yeah. I think this is probably about uh, two years. I'll get in the back future. to you on that, D. Two years I'll get in the back future. To you. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, people, yeah, we love your calls. 206-666-3846. Call the sick wrong hotline. Um, iTunes. I haven't said this in a while, but uh, when you subscribe, rate, and comment on the show on iTunes, it actually does help us out. Because we, we get boosted in popularity. So just go to iTunes, the iTunes store, do a search for Sick and Wrong, give us a five-star rating, comment, subscribe. We appreciate that. We do. Yep. And and if you if you end up buying my book on Golgotha, uh, if you end up buying my book Golgotha on Amazon, right? I post it on the Facebook sometimes. Uh, and you like it, leave a review. It's you always know? nice to do that. Yeah, it's nice yeah. to do that. One of the reviews is from my mom. You know what I mean? So let's bury that one down. Because it has a, you know, let's, let's bury Did you have that. to pay her to leave the review or? Only like a few bucks. A few bucks. Not yeah, that yeah. Bad, yeah. Dug a donut's gift card. That's a good, that's a good yeah. thing. Gift that keeps on giving. Um, new Sick Wrong merchandise coming uh, very soon, actually. Uh, Harris and I are finalizing the new t-shirt design. I'm hoping to have uh, the t-shirts launched by the end of the, the, end of the month. Uh, don't hold me on that, but... Uh, don't hold me accountable for that, but who knows? I think I almost got the shirt done. You, you like the new shirt, don't you? I do like the new shirt. It's going line, to be actually. a black shirt. It's going to be uh, uh, very impressive. It's going to uh, be a um, a uh, icebreaker with the ladies. You wear that shirt to a bar, you're going to have a girl turn around and be like, what's sick and wrong? Next thing you know, you're going to be shagging her. Telling, telling her all about Harrison and me and the podcast that we do every week. Absolutely. Yep, that's how it works. Uh, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week was sent in from Christy. She says, hey, Sick and Wrong, here's an appropriate closing song for the next time there's a necrophilia story. It's just two creepy, possibly autistic college kids rapping. The video is scarring. I got to say, the video is scarring. It sounds amazing. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really, really uh, uh, unsettling. Uh, she ends a suck out Christy. I'm not quite sure what that means. Mm, um, okay. I was surprised watching the video. I didn't think juggalos pursued higher education, but it does look like these two juggalos are in a dorm room. Huh. But like, not like a dorm room of like an accredited institution. 
you know, but like something like uh, like DeVry Technical like AmeriCorps. College. AmeriCorps. Yeah, AmeriCorps, the University of okay. Phoenix or something. Right, yeah. But uh, <laughs> and I definitely think there's something going on here. Uh, they, they do look autistic. Yeah. Uh, their band is called the Murder, Murda Boys. M-E-R-D-U-H. <laughs> Boys, B-O-I-Z. Yeah, Murda Boys. And uh, the song is called... Oh, my God. Fuck Her to the Bone. So uh, that's all I'm going to say about it, but uh, you can just listen we gotta to We got to get these guys on the show. They might do the new theme song for us. We yeah, might have to it. pay them. That'd oh be my a good God, idea. this is great. We got to yeah, do it. You know it. what's great about this? Uh, I the, will go to the... If, they, if these guys are playing at the thing, at the gathering, I will go. I will well, go. And I, I don't know it. if they're juggalos. I'm just supposing they're juggalos based they, on what they look like. clown paint? They don't have clown makeup. But I'm just saying it's... It's the juggler. They don't have a name like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and the rap, the kind of rap that they're doing is like very Juggalo-esque, very icy. I'll do some research. But it's funny. She sends me a link to the video Mm. from for fuck her to the bone. Only fourteen hundred views on YouTube. Mm. So uh, you know, it's not it's not a big viral sensation yet. But we'll see. Thank you, Christy, for saying that. And people, we'll be back next week uh, with episode five fifteen. Until then, take a sleazy. Wait for this. This new Murder Boy song, Fuck It to the Bone. I'm Killer B, and I like my bitches on the brink of death. And I'm the Saber Tooth, and I love my body's well decomposed. Ladies and gentlemen, this is called Fuck Her to the Motherfucking Bone. So let's get with it. Yeah, fuck her to the bone. Yeah, I fuck her to the bone. I wait for the body to rot until it molds. I fuck her to the bone. Yeah, I fuck her to the bone. Maggots all in her butt It's time to fuck I fuck her to the bone Yeah, I fuck her to the bone I wait for the body to rot Until it molds I fuck her to the bone Yeah, I fuck her to the bone Maggots all in her butt It's time to fuck I think I've seen you on campus When you walk into class I like the way that you smell I take a sniff when I pass I take a sniff of your ass I take a lock of your hair can I drive you to your dorm? My van is right over there. Now don't be scared. I just missed a turn. Please stop crying. Shut the fuck up, bitch. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yell. I just, I love you so much. And you're just so beautiful. Here, here's some chloroform. Wake up, beautiful. Tell me, how do you feel? Are your chains too tight? Should I make you a meal? Can I play with your hair? Can I play with your skin? Are you ready for our very first date to begin? I said shut the fuck up. You don't want to scare away the birds. And besides, no one can hear you out in the woods. Can you play like you're dead? Can I play with your head? Can you call me your son? Isn't this so much fun? Are you hungry yet? You haven't eaten for days. Can I rub this on your body? I hope you like mayonnaise. Please don't call me a psycho. Please don't call me a freak. Please don't cry, my lovely. I'll be back in a week. I fuck her to the bone. Yeah, I fuck her to the bone. I wait for the body to rot until it molds. I fuck her to the bone. Yeah, I fuck her to the bone. It's all in her butt. It's time to fuck. I fuck her to the bone. Yeah, I fuck her to the bone. Wait for the body to rot until it molds. I 
fuck her to the bone. Yeah, I fuck her to the bone. Maggots all in her butt. It's time to fuck on. I whip out my dick on the first date. Skull fuck the bitch. Make a brain turn to paste. I only fuck dead bitches. I love to watch their insides ooze at they pussy. She only been dead about a week. Skin still soft, so I eat her cheeks. Murder boys, we's one of a kind. We fuck the same corpses at least a hundred times. Dead bitches, keep their mouth shut. My dick is heavy when it's in they rotten gut. When I go to the morgue or to the cemetery, it's like I'm in a candy store. Got me rock hard to save a tooth that's me and my boy is killer B. Fucking dead bodies is how we keep a G. I bet these bitches never thought this would be their fate. Toss a hoe back into the grave until our second date. To the bone. Yeah, I fuck it to the bone. I wait for the body to rot until the mold. I fuck it to the bone. Yeah, I fuck it to the bone. Maggots all in her butt. It's time to fuck. I fuck it to the bone. Yeah, I fuck it to the bone. I wait for the body to rot until it mold. I fuck it to the bone. Yeah, I fuck it to the bone. Maggots all in her butt. It's time to fuck. To the bone, yeah, I fuck her to the bone. I wait for the body to rot until it mold. I fuck her to the bone, yeah, I fuck her to the bone. Maggots all in her butt, it's time to fuck. I fuck her to the bone, yeah, I fuck her to the bone. I wait for the body to rot until it mold. I fuck her to the bone, yeah, I fuck her to the bone. Maggots all in her butt. Hi, everybody. This is Neatworth. I just want to let you know that when I'm at home, in my room, and I'm trying to connect with Satan, the only thing that I listen to is a sick and wrong podcast. Because let's be serious, nothing's sicker and nothing's longer than a sick and wrong podcast. Two and a half Jews.